Good evening. Welcome to episode three of Mob Talk. As promised, we will be talking tonight about the canceled culture. Um, This is a relatively new phenomenon that we hear often in relation to social media. As a matter of fact, per the Urban Dictionary, cancel culture is the act or desire to cancel out a person or community from social media platforms. So thinking about this topic, I wanted to always relate it back to how this affects our children and how it can be something that is detrimental to the foundation of their being and their futures. So as stated before, this is a phenomenon mostly related to social media platforms, but I think that it's um, not as new as we would like to think. Um, In the days before social media, it was good old fashioned um, bullying, uh, placing judgment, um, what we will do to tarnish reputations, having clicks where you ostracize people. Um, So I think the phenomenon, although it has a codified term, is not as new as we once thought. And um, we have seen in the media that the latest victims of this cancel culture have been people like Nick Cannon and Ellen DeGeneres um, because of statements that they made or actions or accusations against them. The social media bullies are basically trying to discredit any and all um, that they have done before these two incidents. And so what it set you up for is this ideology of perfection, um, that you are unable to make mistakes. And if you do make a mistake, that it could ultimately destroy you. And I think what social media has done has offered an opportunity to perpetuate the hype. Um, It allows for people to join on the bandwagon, whether or not they know the full story or not. It gives them the sense of power to think that they're part of a um, destructured kind of uh, bullying platform where people's livelihoods can be impacted. And perhaps there's some jealousy that is associated with because this is mostly in relations to your celebrities and people in high profile positions, um, the haves versus the have nots. So the have nots have the ability to take away from the haves. And maybe that sense of power is something that is problematic and probably the historical perspective that um, we have seen in generations before social media. So let's talk about how the public can become judge, jury, and executioner um, just in hopes of creating some energy to get people to join on the bandwagon Um, to create this uh, scenario that they can't even live up to themselves. So for one, the problem is, is that we put celebrities on these platforms and these pedestals. Um, We idolize them, which again, if you're a Christian person, um, this is against the uh, doctrines that we have learned that you should not put any false gods before him. Um, So making these celebrities um, with these deity complexes is part of the problem in itself. Two, you remove the human component from these people. Um, Although they may have money, although they may have fame, although they have their celebrity, they are people nonetheless, which means that they are fallible, which means that they are going to make mistakes. And so the ideal that they are not allowed to make a mistake, and if they do, it is the end all be all. It's just the antithesis of, of what it means to have an act of forgiveness or having forgiving heart 
because people are not allowed to make a mistake. Now, in saying making a mistake, um, if someone says something and they mean it in their heart and they're passionate about it, I do believe in accountability. So you're not able to say, I'm sorry, and get a, um, a pass if you say something that is offensive and you're called out upon it. So I want to differentiate that fact is that some people do say things and they are looking for a reaction. And when they get the reaction, then sometimes their first kind of defense mechanism is to say that they're sorry, but they're not really sorry about what they said or did. It is more so about the energy that they're receiving back from it. So to separate the two is probably critical as well. So knowing that this is uh, primarily a phenomenon that affects celebrity, um, it has also crept into our children's life. And so before you had school bullies, that's kind of been something that has been an ongoing problem um, for you know decades and, and, and probably centuries as long as schools were around. Um, there's always going to be that one person that is going to find a weaker person and prey upon their weakness. And usually it would be a posse type mentality where if you get one um, ringleader, others will follow. And so again, that's a phenomenon that didn't require social media. So when you look at bullying and you put that on top of a social media platform, there is no escape from the day-to-day -day bullying. And so if your child is a victim of these activities, they are inundated with these trolls um, harassing them, um, jumping on the bandwagon, making judgments about them, um, calling them, you know, outside of who they are and, and making them into something that is less than human. And that just has to destroy the psyche of a child. And so if you look at the numbers, we have um, an estimated 3.2 million adolescents between the ages of 12 and 17 in the U.S., that have had at least one major depressive episode. Those numbers are staggering. And when you think about children, it is just baffling to me that, you know, as a child and as a teenager, I remember, you know, things will happen to you. You think it was the end of the world. You think that you were never going to survive it, but you did. And there was time that passed. Usually that person that um, inflicted the harm, forgot about the problem, others followed and soon it would just dissipate in the air. But when you have these social media platforms, people join into these groups. They may not even know the individual, they've had no experience with the individual, but it balloons at such an astronomical rate that there is no control to be had. There's no diffusion. So even if the participants that are directly in contact with the victim um, stop the bullying behavior. There are those internet trolls that just prey upon the weakness, hoping that they can get some sort of reaction. And so when you see these cases of where young women um, bully young boys to the point that they commit suicide and these young girls are encouraging them, um, that is one pattern. We have also seen quite an uptick in adolescent suicide rate. Every 100 minutes, a teen takes their own life. What could be so horrible when you are a teenager that you would want to take your life? Well, if you're constantly being berated, if you are constantly being trolled, 
if you are constantly being brutalized, where do you go from there? And sometimes, you know, as parents, we have to pick up on those cues because our children don't want to worry us. Um, They're not sure how to go. And if they did do something, they're afraid to tell us. And so keeping those dialogues open becomes paramount because we want our children to be able to come to us too. We need to be able to pick up on the cues. So if you see your child um, being isolated, if you see your child taking not taking care of their general appearance, um, if they always seem tired, if they always seem lethargic, these are things that you want to tune into. And I think what was once a typical, you know, oh, they're just being a teenager, um, takes on a different type of vantage point in the light of this cancel culture. Because this cancel culture ultimately can destroy your life. It can destroy employment opportunities. Um, it can destroy your ability to, to uh, keep a job if you already have a job. Because the world becomes a stage for all of your wrongdoings. So imagine living in a time where you're not able to just be a kid, where you're not able to make those mistakes for you to learn from because they become the end all and be all of who you are as a person. So the cancel culture definitely has created a toxicity in our society that I think has become um, just a cancer in, in our society. And it has trickled down from just the celebrity um, platform to our children and our adolescents. And so as we are proceeding, we need to be careful. Are we participants in this cancel culture? And I think that sometimes, you know, in our just kind of day-to-day wanting to step away from real life and numb our minds as we're scrolling through, it is easy to jump onto that bandwagon when we see that someone has made a mistake or somebody has done something, but they are truly apologetic for it, who are we to judge? Because we wouldn't want that same judgment directed our way. Um, If we want forgiveness, we have to be a forgiving society as well. And I think that same energy needs to be taught to our children. So if you see propensity in your children that they are um, the more direct type that tend to be the leaders. What type of leader are you going to have them to be? Are they going to be the ones that jump on the bandwagon and follow along with the cancel culture to ostracize children, to brutalize them, to bully them, to shame them, all of the above? Or are they going to be the ones that show by example that you're not going to follow the crowd, that you are open to forgiveness, that you are open to having an open mind to people and know that people make mistakes because they are people nonetheless. So I think just showing grace, showing kindness, showing that we have a heart. I think we have become a rather heartless society in this age of social media with things being at your fingertips at all times. We forget the human compassion side behind that keystroke, behind that tweet, behind that comment, there is a human being. So before you type out your human being and get ready to uh, cancel someone, you may want to take the opportunity to think if the shoe were on the other foot, would you want someone to give you another chance? So to all of the victims of cancel culture, um, I say from my heart that 
I will not participate in that type of ideology because one, again, people are people. We're all going to make mistakes. We all fall short on a daily basis. The beauty is, is that we get grace and mercy from the Lord. And that allows us to go on another day. If that same grace can be shown to us by the numerous times that we fall short, why can't we extend the same to others? And for our children, we need to be cognizant and aware with social media becoming such a rampant thing. I think that we just need to heighten our awareness and and embrace our children, look for the signs, look for the cues because the statistics are telling us that this is becoming one of the leading causes of death for children is suicide. The third leading cause, as a matter of fact, between young people ages 15 to 24. And as we're in this age of uncertainty, we're in this age of high stress, children put undue stress on themselves to be the best. And this ideology of perfection um, is just uh impacting our children's minds as well. And so I think that, you know, putting the pressure on your children to do their best is fine, but we have to be careful not to push them to the point where they're seeking this perfection that will never be obtainable. And so knowing that it's not obtainable when they fall short, we have to be able to give them a soft place to land. We have to teach them how to deal with failure. I think in our in our abilities and our wants to protect our children from being hurt, we do a disservice to them because we do not teach them how to deal with adversity. And this is very apparent um, with the millennials. Um, we see time and time again when things happen in their lives, they really unravel and they don't know how to rebound from that. And so I think our protectiveness cannot compensate for their ability to be self-aware, their ability to uh, come to a point where they can figure things out and knowing that things are not the end all be all. It's not just so black and white that there are various shades of gray and that you're not always going to hit the target every time. You're not going to hit the target the first time and that is okay. I think we need to encourage our children that their only competition is themselves. We put them in these competitive environments and we probably do a little bit more promoting of the competition than we should. But again, when you look at how that forms a being in long-term, that competitive edge, you know, there's a fine line between being competitive and wanting to do your best to the point of being crippled and paralyzed by this thought of obtaining perfection where failure is never an option. And if you do fail, then you don't know how to deal with that failure. So to the moms and to the dads um, and to our children, I say, be careful of this cancel culture. Um, Judgment is never the proper way to deal with another person because we are not perfect ourselves. And so when we expect perfection or hold people to a standard that we can't even hold ourselves accountable to, that becomes a very dangerous situation. So I hope this gives you some thoughts to think about. I hope that this conversation is thought provoking. I hope that it will uh, lead you to some sort of actions in your lives and how you relate to other people. And I hope that this time that we spend together 
is something that will give you food for thought, that will carry you through your day, and that could just create a better and more gentle society. So with that, I bid you good night. Thank you for listening to Mob Talk, and I'll join you again next week. Have a blessed night.